This is a podcast from the Refugee Study Centre. To learn more about our work, please visit www.rsc.ox.ac.uk. Uh, we try to keep it very quick, so we try to look at from uh, look at the topic from the um, the role of artists, but also the role of institutions uh, involving with such issues, and how to involve uh, long term uh, instead of within uh, going beyond within given structures. Uh, so we have guests here, uh, Aaron from Delfina Foundation. Um, he involved from the very beginning of Silent University. Actually, I came here by invitation by Delfina Foundation and uh, Tate Modern, and it was the first time uh, a new uh, collaboration they were uh, imagining, and I was the first guest. And Silent University is a result of that which uh, went beyond uh, that residency period. And uh, Aaron has been very supportive of the project um, since then. And uh, Emily, uh, is, uh, she is the coordinator uh, from Stockholm. So uh, we started in 2013, a year after London, in Stockholm. And we have an active group of participants, uh, events, uh, courses being planned. And uh, it was also a part of an eight-month-long eight exhibition project. Uh, but, uh, of course, it will not end with this show and we already have uh, thanks to Visible Award as well we already have plans uh, scheduled for next uh, semester uh, with four uh, ongoing courses so as, as you know uh, the uh, project started uh, in 2012 actually we start discussing about it in 2011 and uh, the biggest issue was when I had the idea uh, maybe that moment I was an artist and after that I was not an artist anymore and my role and position changed immediately right after that ah, I have an idea and let's do that after the very first meeting and what I decide, uh, discussed with uh, Nora and Cynthia, uh, they are also in the room uh, that if we go on, if, if, if we go for this idea, uh, it will not end in December and we should be aware of that, so the responsibility I'm taking over will be a lifetime one and you should be aware of that. And so that was a, a message from the beginning, and I was aware of uh, the heavy responsibility, and I had no idea how to continue the project beyond that, uh, but uh, I knew that was a part of it, and that would make, uh, make it real. And I gave uh, the project five years to go beyond being a project, but actually now already in three years, I believe we are uh, beyond uh, being a project and there are so many people involving and that, that makes it really real uh, and uh, Visible World was one of the results I could see. Um, so you can see some images from the early, you see them, events uh, in 2012. So we uh, organized... Uh, within or given budget and time periods, a symposium, a publication, a library, 
and uh, this, this whole these things we, they were beyond our budget actually but we used our imagination and uh, other currency that our friendships and other collaborator, collaborators uh, being supporting our events um, and after December we had to come up um, uh, with a solution so uh, Delfina Foundation took over the resource room for a while and maybe you want to take on from there well I just wanted to kind of point out that I think when we um, uh, when Nora Resnick and I um, first dreamt up this collaboration between Delphina Foundation and Tate, we had absolutely no idea what the possible outcomes would be from the residency. And in many ways, that's why we selected Ahmed, um, because we had a short list of artists. And there was one artist on the list, of course, we'll remain nameless, but we thought actually there's a, there's a quite expected kind of outcome. We can see what will be produced from this particular residency. But Ahmed, we had absolutely kind of no idea. And so that's where both institutions took a significant kind of risk in saying, actually, we will support this artist, give him carte blanche, and a network of support across kind of the various kind of organizations that, that uh, our own organizations, but also organizations that we work with to develop a project. And at that point, we also had no idea that he would select a kind of refugees and asylum seekers to work with because he was given absolute freedom to, to think about an audience group. Um, and particularly over the very initial stages, Nora and Cynthia facilitated a lot of meetings with Ahmed and different community groups around Tate, and this project kind of emerged, emerged from that. Um, and equally, like uh, um, Tate and Delphine Foundation also um, felt a sense of responsibility as well towards um, the project. But first and foremost, our responsibility as an institution are to the artists that we work with. And from these artists that we engage with, we then support their kind of artistic process, their own personal journeys beyond kind of our organization. And it goes much further into um, their career than the three month or the six month or the year period they're, they're in residence with us in London. And so it was important that when this project finished its first phase, um, at Tate, and that, that Delfina Foundation took the, the, the resource room and also had a nice party with all the, the, the participants um, to kind of celebrate um, that particular um, landmark that was happening there. Um, and I think that the role of kind of uh, uh, an institution in working with artists, and particularly artists who work with a public and with asylum seekers and refugees, is that um, our role as an institution is to create a network around them and uh, a basis of support so that they can take their projects and push them as far as possible and to almost honor the, the journey that each individual is on within the context of, of this project. And also, as well, to be silent and to not also be at the forefront of everything because in a way, for this project, it doesn't, doesn't rest upon those who helped to initiate it. it it's formed its own its own organization, its own network, and now it's continuing to do that um, in different places um, around the world. So I think I'll just maybe stop there, because it'll be open discussion and can continue. Um, yeah, this is where the responsibility, the responsibility of artists and institutions starts and never ends, actually. Yeah. Uh, so I say, as I said in the beginning, I was in the position of an artist, and later I became more an initiator or a facilitator or someone who think through how to keep it alive, but it's, it cannot happen without uh, motivation of all the participants, and it cannot happen without, uh, if there was no urgency about it, 
Well, if there was no need about it, it would, it would just stop, even if I had wishes to continue. So I continue only because I saw that urgency uh, requires very long-term engagements, and it's not only my responsibility, it's a shared responsibility with the institutions, and that requires a big amount of flexibility beyond uh, their administrative or bureaucratic uh, structures, and how we can facilitate when, uh, when it is needed. Uh, so, uh, so uh, the project survived uh, until now. That way, like the commitment of uh, Emily. I'm sure we can continue. Okay. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Emily Fallon, and uh, I represent the Science University in Stockholm today, uh, but also Tensta Konsthal, the institution where I work. And uh, Tensta Konsthal is a small arch institution in uh, Stockholm, Suburg, northwest uh, of the city center. Uh, it's about 20,000 people living there. Uh, most of them, like 90%, actually have a migrant background. Um, it's a lot of unemployment in, in Tensta. Uh, there's uh, a lot of social problems. And uh, what to say about Stockholm in general is that it's a very segregated uh, city. And. Um, the reason why the Silent University was invited from the beginning was because we, got, we were going to do a big group exhibition called Tensta Museum Reports from New Sweden, uh, which was about uh, history and memory in Tensta, uh, but also uh, about the discussion uh, of the term cultural heritage. And, um, of course, history and memory in Tensta is uh, very much about the individuals living there, and the organizations there, and the, and the associations. Uh, Tensta is usually uh, described uh, as a place where, where there's no so much like, political commitment, but there's actually a very strong local uh, organization uh, in Tensta, with a lot of um, ethnical associations, especially working a lot with political problems. Um, so my role at the institution um, is very much to work with uh, local collaborations, uh, long-term art projects, and um, that's why I uh, became the, the coordinator for, for, for the Silent University. And how it started in Stockholm was with a lot of meetings, and it was, it was of course, easier for us, I guess, uh, to start up the, the Silent University, since there were already an infrastructure there with the resource room, with the idea about uh, how the lectures would work, and the group of uh, consultants, and the group of lecturers. So, the first year, like before the, the, the project went public, we just had a, a lot of meetings with the local associations in Tensta, uh, finding the lectures first, and then afterwards the, the consultants. Uh, and then uh, the project went public uh, in the fall 2013 uh, with lectures and, uh, and seminars. And uh, right now we have a group of five lectures and about seven or even eight consultants. And um, I also brought the, the reader that we published uh, when, the, when the exhibition uh, opened. 
uh, with contributions from the from the consultants in the project, and and most of them also have refugee background, even though they have um, like positions now at universities and uh, and they are journalists and, uh, and active in asylum rights uh, uh, groups. Uh, so they create uh, a network. So so the. So the meeting between the, the lecturers and the consultants is, is very important, I think. Um, and now the, the exhibition went down uh, this week, but of course the, the Silent University will continue uh, since we have this, this network and um, Tasta Constal continues to be the meeting place. Um, but we want to have an office, that's the goal for the future. And maybe what we gonna plan? What are we planning with the visible award? Uh, uh, yes, uh, with the visible award, uh, we we started up with the format of lectures. Like all the lectures, uh, work with that format. Some of them uh, they prefer to to uh, create courses instead, uh, to have more of uh, like social meetings. So that will continue or start up uh, during the summer, courses in Arabic and in, in Swedish. And then some of them will continue with lectures during the fall. And we also plan to have a bigger conference seminar uh, later this fall. Yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> that's really nice. So should I, I, I draw it from there? Yeah. I was, I was only just now asked to have a PowerPoint presentation, so that was why I was busy moving around images uh, while you were speaking, but I listened very carefully, of course. So um, thank you for inviting me. The reason why I'm here, because uh, Ahmed allows me to introduce myself. Uh, it's my privilege as an artist. I'm the founder of the New World Summit, which is an organization um, that exists now since 2012. We develop alternative parliaments, what we call alternative parliaments for stateless political organizations, amongst which blacklisted organizations, like the one you see here. So very concretely, we are a group of about 10 people, artists, academics, designers, architects, uh, former diplomats, who try to explore at what level the space of art can be a space that allows for forms of political representation that are impossible within the current political order. And when I say stateless political groups, you can think of, um, the, in this case, on the top left, uh, the National Democratic Movement of the Philippines, which is a strongly left-wing organized uh, group that calls for independent Philippines from uh, influence from foreign corporations, from US, etc., etc. Uh, on the top right, the Tuareg rebels of Mali, who declared the independent state of Azawad in 2012. Uh, on the bottom down, Fadil Yildirim from the Kurdish women movement, the Kurdish independence movement. On top right, the Basque independence movement. Well, you can go on and on. We've been organizing now three different congresses worldwide, from Berlin to uh, Leiden in the Netherlands to Cauchy in India. We're preparing now the fourth New World Summit in Brussels. But we also have, that's the reason why I'm here, our own school next to the New World Summit. We have the New World Academy, where we involve stateless political groups to work together with artists and students and develop collaborative projects together. One of these groups, one of the stateless groups that we've invited as teachers, is the refugee collective We Are Here. Uh, here you see the reader, the book that we published uh, on the occasion of the training or the collaboration. They started with about 
35 uh, students from political science, from arts, from design, etc., etc. Uh, for those interested in the manifestos of this refugee collective, I have some of the books here, so I can give it to you. Here you see uh, Yunus Osman Nur, its main uh, spokesperson. We are here is the name of the refugee collective. This is uh, uh, Thomas Philip Guia. Exists now in the Netherlands since 16 months. This is its 16 month. It started as a protest 16 months ago of seven people in a, with a group of tents that came together to give visibility to the problem of undocumented migrants in the Netherlands who, um, even if they want to, are not allowed or it are, it's impossible for them to return to their native countries. They are, they are known as being out of procedure. So it's, uh, they, are, they have asked for citizenship, they are renounced citizenship, but even if they want to go back to their country, their, their country of origin doesn't recognize them, so there's no way back either. So it's a total juridical limbo. Um, this goes for someone like uh, Yunus Osman, who is in the Netherlands now for 12 years under, this, under these conditions. Um, being a refugee in the Netherlands also means that there's no right to perform any form of labor, uh, not even if it's voluntarily. So there is also this the, the big problem of a structural uh, destruction of the creative capital or the potential that these people, the knowledge these people bring in. Um, their capacity to become part of society is structurally denied. Political organization in that sense is denied. So what this group did was to break an enormous taboo when they gathered as only seven people uh, 12 months ago, because we have 10,000. We don't know ex even exactly how many undocumented migrants there are in the Netherlands. There are at least 10,000 of them. Uh, but because they are not organized, because, there's, because organizing means becoming visible, and becoming visible means that you are suddenly prosecutable, and that means that you can disappear in the asylum-seeking camps all over the, or detention camps all over the Netherlands. So they broke an enormous taboo by doing this, and this grew out only in a few months uh, to a group of 225 people. That is the first time in the Netherlands that there is a group of undocumented migrants that large who organize and recognize themselves as a political entity with one common goal, and that is um, acknowledgement of citizenship for the whole group. And that's what they have attempted to do by becoming a burden for Dutch society, not allowing to be separated, as the main principle to stay gathered as long as possible under all circumstances to push, create visibility, push forward Dutch civil society and Dutch politics to acknowledge their citizenships, their citizenship. So here um, is Emily Faden that was just introduced to you, who was one of the coordinators who worked together with We Are Here and the different students. Uh, to develop a common project or collaborative project, which was presented in a, uh, uh, on a political platform in Amsterdam, the capital, uh, and called the We Are Here Cooperative, which is a new cooperative between artists, students, and refugees, undocumented migrants, which attempts to use the legal status of the members of the cooperative who are students or artists in order for them to collaborate with people that are undocumented and as such attempt to create models of visibility but also models of economic independence. So um, what is very important to understand is that in the context of the Netherlands, legally for an undocumented migrant it's forbidden to perform labor but you are allowed to creatively express yourself. 
So there's a separation between creative expression, let's say art, and performing labor. But for example, if one would be, let's say, a bike repair, is bike, repairing bikes is your specialist, if you would collaborate with an artist, and under the name of the artists as an artwork, you would realize or fix bikes, it becomes possible to do this in a legal sphere. So the space of art, the space of creative expression, allows for a exceptional juridical position that makes it possible to gain visibility and sometimes even um, create some forms of economic independence. I think Silent University is a very good example also of a university which is of course not officially recognized as a university but within the field of art it can exist as, a, as, a, as an educative platform and the more it's recognized the more it actually gains the status and effect of, an, of a university and gives also the autonomy, autonomy and status to its lecturers as uh, legitimate speakers or professors. So um, the last thing that I would like to show when it comes to the collaboration with Science University, uh, when it comes to the outer consequence or the concrete results of all of these collaborations, because often uh, when arts gets involved with issues of uh, immigration or undocumented migrants, this fits into a few months, a theme of a few years um, before switching to something else. I think Carlos Cruz already uh, noted the importance of structural engagements when it comes to subjects like this. Here we are in the City Council of Amsterdam at the Beyond, Beyond Allegories conference took place one and a half week ago where Ahmed Ogut on behalf of Science University uh, spoke together with Yunus Osman Noor, the main spokesperson of We Are Here, to propose Science University as an educative platform to the Council of Amsterdam to have it recognized, to have the right to educate and to be educated, recognized as an integral part of being present in the Netherlands, whether you are documented or whether you are undocumented. There will be a special session of the Council, or the Council agreed to have a special session take place in September when the new council, we just had elections, when the new council will be in place to see at what level there could be structural support also from the municipality for uh, a project, for an initiative, for an organization, because it's not a project, it's an organization, for an organization such as Science University. That's it, sorry I took too long, but it takes a moment no, it's, to it's, get into the material. No, that's very recent development, but maybe you can say what was the concrete results of that meeting? Of, of this result. meeting? Yeah. Yes, so the concrete result is that the Council agreed to take the proposition of Science University as an educative platform uh, to the full Council and to see if from September on when the new government is in place this could actually be translated in a structural acknowledged platform for uh, the right to education and the right to educate for undocumented migrants in the Netherlands. In Amsterdam, sorry, in Amsterdam. Thank you. Yes, you're well. Thanks a lot for this very quickly prepared but very concrete presentation. <laughs> uh, we will finalize now. Uh, I will just have uh, last words if you also want to add something. Um, so that has been a journey uh, after your presentation, I can add maybe, uh, starting as a project within the art field, but try to engage uh, organizations beyond art field. Uh, how something can start as a project and turn into actually in the beginning very small scale organization. And uh, uh, now, uh, in case of Silent University, uh, uh, we recognize ourselves as a, a small-scale organization. 
it might be registered or not uh, in the future um, as an association or as a, or some sort of organization but it starts with our own recognition and others recognition and uh, new institutions new countries want to involve with the project they start that way they start uh, in a way that it's a small organization and it, it has needs of a small scale organization and it start like that it doesn't start like a project and people taking part they are not random people coming to random uh, workshops they are uh, acknowledged recognize uh, academicians they come every meeting as recognized and they do presentations as artists do there's no hierarchy so what we uh, achieved i think so far because every institution wants to involve they agree with these principles that everybody involving they are recognized there's no hierarchy between the artists or uh, participants we are all uh, participants members users knowledge producers equally uh, involved with science university Thanks a lot everybody for coming and let's continue upstairs. For more information about the different ways you can stay updated and engaged with the work of the Refugee Study Centre, please visit www.rsc.ox.ac.uk forward slash connect.